Good evening and welcome to the third annual Horror Cinema Awards, the horror community's celebration of the very best cinematic achievements in the horror genre of 2018. The Horror Cinema Awards are presented by Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. This special Horror Cinema Awards broadcast will be available as Horror Movie Podcast, Episode 168. And I'm your MC for the evening, Gilman Joel Robertson, filling in for Jay of the Dead. And my co-hosts tonight are... Dave, Dr. Shock Becker from just outside Philadelphia, PA. And Wolfman Josh. And guys, I'm really excited that tonight we're at the one award show we're positive that a horror film will win Best Sound Design. <laughs> yeah, right. good, good point. Very, very, very good point. Before we get started, we also want to thank composer Kagan Breitenbach for our special Horror Awards show theme music and artist Peter Strain for the new Horror Cinema Awards art that he has created for us. All right. Before we get the awards underway, let's talk generally about the horror cinema of 2018 and share our thoughts. Josh, want to kick it off? I was listening back to the Horror Cinema Awards show from last year, just for technical purposes, and I had said last year that there were, the highs were a lot higher than they'd been other years, but there weren't as many great horror movies as we'd seen the previous year. And this year for me is kind of the reverse of that. I feel like the highs are not quite as high as they were last year, but man, were there a lot of good horror movies this year. And that's, Mm. that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. It, You know, I still think we are in that golden age of horror. I think it's really happening. And I think this is the third or fourth year in a row where there is just an embarrassment of riches with regard to, the very high quality of horror films coming out and we can really be really picky <laughs> about what we're watching, you know, which isn't always the case as horror fans. I think sometimes we really have to dig through the mire to find those rare gems. And uh, that has not been the case lately. I, I just feel like there wasn't enough room on the ballot this year for the incredible films that we got. Yeah, I remember in 2016 as a listener, I remember in, I think it was the 2016 show where you guys may have been doing your top 10 lists and you were having the discussion of, you know, what would 2017 uh, have in store? Would it be as uh, exciting? Would there be as many? And I, I think you guys all seem to be very positive about it, but there was this attitude of, and rightfully so, uh, you know, let's just be happy we got what we got in 2016. And you're right. I think every year has just been without a, without exception there has been really fantastic movies and and 2019 looks like it may be no different yeah i i I agree i think one of the things we're learning as as we're as we're doing this as we're going year to year and 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 sort of celebrating the 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 best of those years is that yeah well you know we're in 2016 oh this is a great year i don't know if 2017 will match up oh 2017 was pretty good too let's see what you know 2018 we'll see what happens because you're expecting I don't know. I guess you just sort of naturally expect, well, maybe one year won't be as strong as the other. But I think that's gone now. I think it's now just just genuine, uh, almost joyous anticipation to see what each year is going to bring. Because now with streaming, with we're getting movies from all around the globe sooner than we had gotten them before and able to see them within the scope of with the Hollywood movies, with the independent movies, with everything and it's just absolute anticipation now. Like we expect each year uh, at this point to be um, 
uh, at least, you know, as exciting, as interesting as the previous one. Um, and I can't wait. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I can't wait to see what uh, 2019 holds. Um, and just looking back on the ones from 2018, there really were some some great movies. And I was surprised, even as I was going through the films, how many sort of really deep cuts there were how many ones that i was not expecting anything of you know like oh it's his amazon prime and it doesn't you know not highly rated on amazon prime and i watched him like wow that was interesting that was really a, a fun movie and all these films i didn't go in with high expectations that i ended up really enjoying yeah and i think as we look at the toward the awards looking at categories like best first feature or foreign film i feel like those categories are stronger than ever i mean mm -hmm. the yeah, the yeah. list of first time films on this award show is mind-boggling there are so many films that are like look like the work of accomplished directors you know and these are first time yep. filmmakers some of whom hadn't even at least according to imdb hadn't even directed short films so i mean it's it's pretty incredible the caliber of film we're getting. And I think number one, I think people are taking more chances on horror. Again, they're getting the budgets that they didn't get for a while. I remember when we had Justin beam on very recently in October talking about Halloween 2018, he was talking about his years at Trankus and how just nobody was even interested in doing a revival screening of John Carpenter's film, let alone funding the next in a franchise. You know, he just said there was so little interest right. in Halloween just, you know, four or five years ago. <laughs> and now, um, you know, Halloween 2018 is one of the biggest box office earners of the year. And so I just, it's, it's fascinating to see the way horror is changing. I think you have a lot more, just based on the film festival circuit, mm -hmm. you have a lot more A-list directors and actors interested in taking a chance on indie films on first-time directors and being involved in the horror genre than we've had for a very very long time absolutely and it's and it's all across the board that there's interesting stuff a lot of stuff is okay the stuff sort of coming out of hollywood cookie cutter but we got the indies going we got the we got the foreign films even the stuff coming out of hollywood everything now is interesting i mean okay there are, yeah. there are remakes in there but or remakes or reimaginings or or sequels but they're they're well, imagine they've got the right people doing them, I think, is 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 the key. Yeah. They've got the right people behind them. Um, and now going forward with the dark universe, that seems to be the case again, as we were as we were discussing that it seems like now they're they're getting the right people involved. So now I'm excited about that again. Of course, we always have remakes and reimaginings and sequels. But then you also have a film like Annihilation. In, a, in the mainstream box office. Amazingly seems, original. Yeah. It seems like box office death. Like, it just seems <laughs> like the worst movie you could ever put in theaters right. for mainstream audiences. But what a great piece of cinema from from all A-list people involved. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Well, and, and I think, too, as horror fans, and having been one since my early tween years, and prior to that, I was a highly sensitive kid that was scared of everything, but that's for another show. We can discuss that <laughs> later. Do my therapy session then. But I, I've i always uh, been a fan of sequels, even when they're not great. Um, I don't, it, there's something just, it was always very comforting knowing when the next Friday the 13th movie was coming out or Nightmare on Elm Street or what have you. And I remember really loving that and getting excited about it, even though there was always, even as I got older, always had that voice in the back of my head of like, you know, this is probably not going to be what you want it to be. But it was the hope springs eternal philosophy. But it seems like with 
remakes in Hollywood. And that that I've I've made, you know, no bones about it on Retro Movie Geek that we are not fans of remakes uh, because typically they just they were either completely unnecessary or they just do such a disservice to what made the original great that they, they get very frustrating. I think what we're seeing now and I know that it'll probably annoy a lot of people, but from my perspective, I prefer it. Like if I'm going to get the option of, OK, well, we're going to remake your movie or we're going to do this thing where it's like a, a side universe, alternate reality storyline, timeline, whatever you want to call it. I, I will take that all day long. I like the idea of, you know, taking, mm-hmm. finding a, you know, like they're going to do with the new Terminator movie, T2, start it there. Boom. We're going to do another little tributary. It just branches off from uh, the, the ones that everyone collectively, for the most part, perceives as the great ones in that franchise. So I think we're going to get a lot more of that with the success of Halloween and, of course, I mean, non-horror related, but like movies like Creed. I mean, these movies where they're obviously in the same universe as the original movies that we know and love, but they're not just um, trying to completely erase I think what everybody loved about those. I think that's one of the problems that remakes have a lot of times is that it does feel like, oh, wait, you're acting like the original doesn't even matter. So I, I think we're, you're, yeah. you will see a lot more of that in the years to come, especially now with the success of Halloween 2018 and movies like that. Yeah, we had the Platinum Dunes era, which I think all of us were pretty highly critical of when it was happening. But looking back, I think they're pretty decent attempts, actually. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they... They tried, and they and I think their little films are not fruitless. But I think we're seeing a move, yeah, like you're saying, kind of away from the reboot. I think with the thing was the first one I really saw where it was like, okay, this is kind of a reboot, but it's also a prequel, and it takes place in the same timeline, and that's interesting. Yeah, and we're we're seeing I think more and more of that, and I'm very excited about. It. We don't know yet what's happening with Gremlins, but for years there was news that they were rebooting Gremlins with CGI Gremlins. And there was this huge fan outcry, and now they're actually talking about Gremlins three again instead of a Gremlins reboot. Now, I'm I'm not going to get my hopes up too high, but you know I, I'm hopeful still sure. that that would be the case. You know, and like Bill and Ted three is uh, in the works right and now. Ghostbusters <laughs> three, right? Ghost- and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Very interesting. The original timeline. Yes. Yeah. The year after we saw a reboot, which I again. I happen to appreciate that the lady Ghostbusters, I'd like to see a sequel to their film, but how cool is it then to go back to Ivan Reitman's son and let him take the reins and kind of go in the direction they were going? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So all of this, it sounds like is cause for hopefulness and, and happiness as horror fans. I guess the one thing that was the biggest disappointment to me this year is that following Get Out and The Shape of Water, where horror finally got center stage at the you know the world's biggest award show, that I feel like we had two films at least this year, yes. Hereditary and A Quiet Place, yep. which were on that level and, and had that caliber of performance and execution. And I'm really, really disappointed that we didn't see Tony Collette recognized and that we didn't see, uh, you know, those films recognized at, at the Oscars or really the Golden Globes when a lot of the critics guilds and actors guilds did recognize those films. Yeah, I, I especially uh, for yeah. me personally, I loved A Quiet Place. I loved it a lot, but I feel like Hereditary, it, it has 
you know, I don't know. To me, it has Oscar nomination written all over it. I mean, it's it's just hmm, yeah. it, it's it, there's something about the movie that I remember the, when I first saw it. I just thought to myself, how, this if nothing else, Colette has to get nominated. I mean, if nothing for for nothing else, and the fact that it yeah. didn't get any recognition is just it's mind got blowing a little to me. Kramer versus Kramer. It's got a little ordinary people, but it's also brutally horrific. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. And and uh, some of the like uh, sites I follow when it's as the Oscar nominations are coming up, some of them uh, that had a quiet place, like one of those ones is like leaning either way. It might get if they go to 10 nominees for best picture, a quiet place might sneak in there. Of course, they stop at eight. Um, you know, I think they've gone to 10 how many years or, or at least nine or 10 or something. This time they stop at eight. I don't know if they're trying to reel it back because it used to just be five. Sure. Um, but just enough for a quiet place not to get in there. Tony Collette was definitely highly touted. Uh, that one I think is, that's a, a bit of an upset and I can't see, I've seen all of the best actress, um, nominees this year, so I can't compare, but I did see Hereditary and I did see Tony Collette and, and she was amazing. Um, you know, once again, uh, I don't, I don't know that she's given a better performance and she's a great actress. I don't know that she was ever better in anything than she was in Hereditary. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's disappointing on one level. On the other level, it's weird because the Oscars have looked so bad this year on so many levels with their debacle of getting a host, the debacle of saying they were going to air the best editing and best cinematography during the commercials, and then the huge backlash for both of those uh, things. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, yeah, the Oscars are just wrong this year, basically. It's like you the know? Oscars, yeah, they're looking to reinvent <laughs> themselves, but then they, they sort of chicken out at the last minute. Oh, we're going to have a most popular film. Oh, well, then that's sort of, you can't do that for this, for that. And so, okay, we'll forget that. Um, oh, we're not going to have, we're not going to have a host. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's almost like people are going to tune in this year just to see. I'm interested to see the show without a host. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but you're absolutely right. They're they're having all of these these issues, and and some. It seems as if, it seems as if they're trying to to find their identity, and yeah. uh, you know by by having a shape of uh, the shape of water, and get out as as nominees. That was sort of showing, hey, you know what? We're 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 for everything. We're for every genre. Genre. We're for the great movies that came out. If it deserves to be here, it's going to be here. And both of those movies deserved it. But I think this year, for at least some of the categories, Hereditary and uh, definitely A Quiet Place uh, deserved it as well. And then they're they're missing the boat. Yeah. Just like with the best animated, it's usually uh, mostly kid movies. And how many amazing animated films are coming out from all over the world every year that just get passed over for things like, um, you know, the the newest Disney or Pixar or whatever. It's, it's, as, it's, as long as it's into the Spider-Verse this year, we're good. Well, yeah. And you know what? That's fine. And I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, on, yeah. I'm not going to argue with you on that, that one. I really, I'm a big fan of Isle of Dogs, yeah, too. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. But. Just it, it, it seems as if they're looking for an identity and they just can't find it. I almost feel like last year was a big enough of vindication for me. That's kind of, I don't know, it just doesn't bother me quite as much as you, even though I, I do think they got yeah. it wrong and it sucks for those films and yeah, yeah. filmmakers. It's like, well, now the world knows <laughs> the horror. It can be high quality cinema. I can kind of sleep at night at least. And it's almost like that was, it's like the, 
it's like that was the Oscars, what they were doing. They were saying, okay, here's horror. Now get back in the corner. Well, they do that, right? Because right. let's think about it. Silence of the Lambs, 1991, right? So we go till Shape of Water <laughs> in 2018. Yeah, right, right. Before we get another win. Yeah, before exactly. we get another uh, horror-based type movie. And there are people who would say that both of those movies are not, that horror is not the primary sure, genre. Sure, sure. I would say you that know. I would say that that probably applies more to Shape of Water than even Silence of the yeah. Lambs. Silence of the is a thriller, but it, it's definitely more horrific of the two. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Misery wins. You know, Kathy Bates wins Best Actress, but it didn't. You know, it, and that's great. But I get other. It's like you can count on one hand practically. No doubt. I just wanted to read Guillermo del Toro's tweet from February twelfth, which a lot of people think was the primary reason that the Oscars reversed their decision to not. To uh, not broadcast the cinematography and editing awards, uh, Guillermo del Toro says, I would not presume to suggest what categories should occur during the commercials on Oscar night, but please, cinematography and editing are at the very heart of our craft. They are not inherited from a theatrical or literary tradition. They are cinema itself. And that particular message to the internet was shared 6.5 thousand times and liked 26 thousand times from the guy who won the major awards last year at the right. and i think and that that's brilliantly major. put that is brilliant and put. it really is and he's, he's absolutely right i mean if you look at all of the different sort of um uh arts out there you, you know movies sort of encapsulate a lot of those things they bring them together in one the one thing that differentiates it from all of those things maybe not music because obviously music gets into editing but you know if you're talking images is editing the whole thing of montage that goes back sure. to eisenstein where you decide you can put two images together and turn a movie into a comedy and then put two two different images from that same sort of scene together and turn it into a horror film it's editing. It's yes. it's the it's the flow of the images. That is what makes movies. That's what makes them. That's what that's what I think makes them the unique art form that they are. And to ignore that is uh, shows that they don't even know their industry. If yeah. they're even thinking of ignoring that, they don't know the industry at all. And also, I feel like the it's the Academy's job to educate the public. Like we shouldn't be playing to the lowest common denominator. That it should be educating the public on this is what matters in cinema. And again, yeah. for them to not recognize stunt performers all these years later, when you have right. these films that are so highly driven by stunts and have been for all of cinema, really, but particularly now with a movie like, I don't know, Mission Impossible or something, sure. like the right. Fallout, like it's just, uh, I don't know, it's kind of shocking. It, and it's ridiculous. Maybe what they can do if they if they want to like shorten it, maybe they can stop asking every actress that goes on the red carpet, "Who are you wearing?" I can go <laughs> without knowing that. Yeah, I can really? go without knowing that. I, I will say this, guys: you do realize that if this standard was in place in uh, nineteen seventy six Academy Awards, we would not have seen Verna Fields win for Jaws, which I think most people have acknowledged, uh, including maybe Spielberg himself, that if it wasn't for her and her editing of that movie, it would not be the movie we know and love today. So oh, absolutely. I mean, the kind, you know, Scorsese and, and, and Thelma Shoemaker. Yeah. I mean, the, yes. you got all of these yes. collaborations yes. that, 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 and they, they are the ones, they are the ones who are assembling the, in the old days, the director was never even in the editing room. 
That's yeah. it was the producer working with the editor and the editor putting the movie together. And, uh, you know, so for me, like I said, it's the most important aspect as far as what makes a motion picture what it is. And you got to throw cinematography right in there with Absolutely. it because that's the image. That is what they're looking at. And the director is saying, yes, shoot that, but don't shoot that. Here's what here's what I want you to see. Here's what I don't want you to see. Those two things together to, to say that, oh, no, they're not important enough for anybody. Nobody cares to to see who wins that. It's it's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, boom. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're pretty much done with that. I think this would be like an every year sort of. Uh, do you think we're gonna uh, get? Segment. Do you think we might get tickets some point, guys? Some press passes, maybe. To- <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we could be seat fillers. Oh, okay. <laughs> we did have some questions from our listeners about gender representation in the awards last year with regard to actor and actress. Of course, like now, people just say actor for both male and female, but we're kind of just following the Oscar. Um, set up as of now and we're open to change it in the future we had kind of a long discussion about this which we'll put at the end of the show the other thing i wanted to say about the awards before we got going is that this is not just the same as our top 10 show yes the hmp community is represented here yes we the hosts are represented here but we also went out of our way and have every year we've done the awards to go far and wide in the horror community and try to get opinions from people who aren't usually part of the discussions that we are having. So uh, we did that again this year. We were able this year, somewhat last minute, we really um, came down to the wire, but thanks in large part to Joel and Dave, um, I was able to pull together a very, I think, interesting jury. I'm pretty happy with the people we've assembled here. And I think the diversity in the group, bears in the votes. I think there were a couple of awards that were very much weighted one way or the other, where there was a clear decisive winner, but there were just as many, if not more that were extremely fractured and where, um, you know, every seemed every vote that we got was for a different person. So I think those are very exciting. It just shows the number of high quality horror films that we got this year. So without further ado, let's really quickly introduce our jury. Okay. Due to scheduling, I had to record this portion of the show on my own, but I am super excited to introduce you all to the 2018 horror cinema awards jury. It's an amazing group of people. So first horror filmmakers with actors, writers, production designers, etc. First, Actor Ken Sagos. He's a horror actor as well as an author. Horror fans will recognize him as Kincaid from A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, and A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. He was also recently featured in Shudder's Horror Noir. And Ken has been in hundreds of television shows and movies, but he's also an author. And you can order his books directly from him at thesagoscompany.com. That link, as well as all of his other links... You can find in the show notes for this episode at horrormoviepodcast.com. Next, Jeffrey Reddick, horror writer and producer. He's best known for creating the Final Destination film franchise, writing the first film and producing the second particularly. His other projects include Lionsgate's Thriller Tamara, the remake of George Romero's Day of the Dead. He did a film called Dead Awake with Jocelyn Donahue, an actress we all love. 
And he has a movie out right now that I'd recommend everyone check out. It's called The Final Wish, starring Michael Welch, Lynn Shea, and Tony Todd. Make sure to follow Jeffrey on Twitter, at Jeffrey Reddick. Next, we have friend of the show and former jury member, Matt Greenberg. Matt, of course, is the screenwriter of 1408, the Stephen King adaptation. Matt did the other Stephen King adaptation, Mercy, that he wasn't particularly a fan of. And Halloween H2O. Next on our list, William Brent Bell. He's a horror writer, director, and editor. He's the director of Stay Alive, The Devil Inside, The Boy with Walking Dead's Lauren Cohen, and the super interesting werewolf film with A.J. Cook, Were. Make sure to follow William Brent Bell on Twitter at WM Brent Bell. Next, we have horror director Chelsea Stardust. Now, before Chelsea was a director, she was an assistant for Jason Blum and Blumhouse. She worked on films like Paranormal Activity 3 and 4, Lords of Salem, The Purge 1 and 2, Dark Skies, Sinister 1 and 2, the aforementioned Mercy from Matt Greenberg, The Lazarus Effect, Insidious 3 and 4, and The Town the Dreaded Sundown remake, to name just a few. Now, Chelsea is a feature film director. She's just finished shooting Fangoria's second feature film after Puppet Master The Littlest Reich. This one is called Satanic Panic. Looks like I need a new name for my documentary. And she's also filmed one of the segments for the Christmas Horror Advent Anthology, Death December. Follow Chelsea Stardust on Twitter at StardustChelsea. Little reversal there. Next, we have Mick Strawn, who has been a jury member in the past. He's a horror production designer, art director, and special effects director. Mick has worked on such horror films as Blade, Candyman, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4, Critters 2, 10 episodes of Tales from the Dark Side, 22 episodes of Freddy's Nightmares, and some legendary stuff outside of horror like Boogie Nights and Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Mick is the co-author of the new book, Behind the Screams, The Dream Masters Revealed. So we hope you'll check out Mick's book and support the people who support us. And speaking of supporting us, let's move into the next section here, Horror Community. These are artists, critics, bloggers, podcasters, etc. And up first, we have Ben Scrivens, the horror creator behind Fright Rags, as well as Kimmy Blakenberger Fright Rags. These guys have been super cool to horror movie podcasts and our listeners, sending us free shirts to give out every Christmas. You can buy their shirts at fright-rags.com, where they've currently got a 10th anniversary shirt for My Bloody Valentine 3D, as well as enamel pins. This is where we got our Joe Bob Briggs t-shirts, and they've got some really cool Halloween 40th anniversary and Halloween 2018 shirts as well you can follow them on twitter at fright rags their products add so much to the horror community and we're really happy to have them here as jurors next we have gary pullen or ghoulish gary he's a horror artist he's done work for death waltz mondo waxwork fangoria rue morgue just to name a few and he's donated stickers and pins and things to our listeners both here on universal monsters cast in the past Gary's super cool. You can check out his website and his book, Ghoulish, The Art of Gary Poland. And you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at GhoulishGary. And again, Gary's links as well as everyone else's links are in the show notes at HorrorMoviePodcast.com. 
Next, we have another artist who's also been a juror before. It's Travis Thaligant, or I.B. Trav. He's the artist behind the Lost Mysteries, the Scooby-Doo images with horror icons. He's really funny, but he's also done a lot of other awesome horror art and mainstream art, and he's just a lot of fun. If you follow him on Instagram or Twitter, at I.B. Trav, you can also buy things from his store at Big Cartel, Society6, or Redbubble. Or go to his website, ibtrav.com. Again, all of that stuff is in the show notes. Up next, we have Jonathan Barkin, who's a horror writer, critic, and editor. You can read Jonathan's work at dreadcentral.com. He's also in acquisitions for Dread Central's new horror distribution arm with Epic Pictures, Dread Presents. Make sure to follow Jonathan on Twitter, at Jonathan Barkin, and read his work at Dread Central. Next, we have one of the most exciting writers working in horror today, Anya Stanley. She was a juror for our very first Horror Cinema Awards when she wrote for Vague Visages and 52 Weeks of Horror, etc. Since that time, she's become a writer for Birth Movies Death, Dread Central, Collider, Daily Grindhouse, and Fangoria. Make sure to follow Anya on Twitter at Bookish Plinko. You won't regret it. Also, an amazing follow on Twitter is at The Horror Check. That's Heather A. Wixom. She's a horror writer and editor. You can read her work at DailyDead.com. You can also get Heather's book, Monster Squad, celebrating the artist behind cinema's most memorable creatures. Now, it's just not in reference to the movie Monster Squad, but all of horror's greatest monster designers. Next, we have Hammond Chamberlain, who's an old friend of the guys at Retro Movie Geek, and we had a chance to meet Hammond. He stopped by the Salt Lake City meetup event for Movie Podcast Network. Super nice guy. Hammond does a few music podcasts, including Beyond the Playlist, one you have to check out. You can follow Hammond on Instagram and Twitter at jhammondc. And check out all of his links at horrormoviepodcast.com. Next, we have the entire cast of Attack of the Killer Podcast. The four hosts, Insane Mike, we've got Jason, Tad, and Andrew. Follow them on Twitter at AOTKP and attackofthekillerpodcast.com. We've got links for all of these guys individually at the website at horrormoviepodcast.com. We go way back with these guys to the Horror Palace days. We also go way back with former listener and now podcaster Hugh Lloyd of the Undead Wookiee Horror Podcast. Hugh's a super nice guy and a great podcaster. Follow Hugh on Twitter at TheUndeadWookie. An old friend of the show, the original Creepsher, Greg Morgan, a.k.a. Greg Amortis, from Land of the Creeps. Make sure you check out the old HMP episodes with Greg when he helped us cover the entire 80s slasher film movement. He also shows up on our Halloween franchise reviews and some other shows. We love Greg here. You can follow him on Twitter at Greg Amortis and on Instagram at GregAmortis666. Now we move into our next category, horror scholars, authors, and educators. First up, we have horror author Jeff Strand. Watch for his new book, Ferocious, out February 27th. He's also got a great novella called Cold Dead Hands, and a paranormal home invasion novel called Sick House, and a funny-looking book called The Greatest Zombie Movie Ever. Looking forward to checking that one out. Make sure you follow Jeff on Twitter, at Jeff Strand. You can find him at JeffStrand.com. We have our old friend, Dr. Carl Cederholm, a.k.a. Carl of Cthulhu. He's an H.P. Lovecraft, Stephen King, Edgar Allan Poe, and Shirley Jackson scholar and educator at Brigham Young University. You can get Carl's book, The Age of Lovecraft, at Amazon. 
You can hear Carl on a lot of our HMP episodes like HP Lovecraft 101. He was on the It episode. He was on the Heavy Metal Horror episode and many more. Follow Carl on Twitter at Carl Cederholm. And we've got author Blake Best. Blake is the co-writer of the book with Mick Strawn behind the screams. Follow Blake on Twitter at BlakeBest1428. We have horror author Nathaniel Toll. Nathan was another guy that we got to meet at the MPN meetup event. He came to see his good buddy Joel Robertson. We attempted to get Nathan on HMP last October for our Halloween coverage, but I just couldn't make it work, and it's my fault, not his. Nathan is the author of a book called Pumpkin Cinema, The Best Movies for Halloween. You can get that at Amazon.com. I'm interested in talking to him. We also have a book from Nathan called Amazing Amusement Park Stories. And I was going to ask him if there's any good ones from Universal Studios. If so, we'll see if we can get them on Universal Monsters cast as well. Make sure you follow Nathan on Twitter at Nathaniel Toll. Lastly, in this category, we have horror author Isaac Thorne. He's got a book called Road Kills, his collection of dark horror that's currently available. He's got a book called Plant that's currently available. And he has a book that's coming soon called The Gordon Place. You can find Isaac on Facebook or on Twitter at Isaac Thorne. And now that brings us to our HMP community. We have Peter Strain, a.k.a. Frankenstrain. He did a t-shirt for Horror Movie Podcast, as well as the art for this award show. Make sure you check out Peter's website, peterstrain.co.uk. He's got an Etsy shop. You can follow him on Twitter at Peter underscore Strain or on Instagram at Peter Strain. Guy's super talented. You will not be disappointed if you follow him. Next, we have another horror artist who recently designed a t-shirt for us, and he's designed a t-shirt for us in the past. It's William Lucero, Armored Foe. And Armored Foe also has an Etsy shop. You can follow him on Twitter at Armored Foe. We have Jason Talley, a.k.a. Sal Roma. Sal's written reviews for horror movie podcasts. You can read them all on the site. You can follow him on Letterboxd at Sal underscore Roma or on Twitter at jtalley986. Next, we've got our buddy Jody Horror Guy, longtime listener and supporter of HMP. You can find him on Twitter and Letterboxd at Jody Horror Guy. And we also have homie Trey Whetstone, who created our HMP ratings archive for us. Trey's an awesome guy. You can find him on Twitter at Trey W underscore 73. We also have Jordan Allen. Great guy. He's on Twitter at Boiler Couple. And Shane the Maniac Cop on Twitter at Shane the Maniac. And finally, we have Dave Dr. Shock Becker, Gil Manjola, myself, Wolfman Josh, representing Horror Movie Podcast. That is our jury for the third annual Horror Cinema Awards presented by Horror Movie Podcast. I think it's a great group of people from across the spectrum of the horror community, and I'm very excited to see what awards they come up with. So thank you to all of those jurors. Uh, Without you, these awards would not have been possible. Just a great group of people there. (laughs) And let's go ahead and jump into the third annual Horror Cinema Awards. All right, so Gilman Joel here with the first category. We've got Best Actress in a Leading Horror Role, and the nominees are Madeline Brewer for Cam, Sandra Bullock, Bird Box, Tony Collette, Hereditary, Jamie Lee Curtis, Halloween, Claire Foy, Unsane, Dakota Johnson, Suspiria, 
Helen Mirren, Winchester, Violetta Chiralo, Cold Hell, Chloe Savini, Lizzie, and Isabel Zua. Good manners. And the award goes to Tony Collette, Hereditary. And that was a fairly large <laughs> group that uh, that that voted for Miss Collette. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. It, uh, that was probably one of the least fractured, I'm guessing. Yes. That is a safe bet. <laughs> yeah, I think as I'm looking here, uh Miss Clegg got seventy-three percent of the vote. So probably our one of our largest margins of victory, but still one, two, three, four, five, six other actresses getting a lot of love in that category as well. So absolutely. Nice. Up next we have best actor in a leading horror role. Now, this one was a lot more fractured than Best Actress, but still um, some pretty big numbers here. So the nominees are Nicolas Cage, Mandy, John Cho, Searching, Matt Dillon, The House the Jack Built, Martin Freeman for Cargo, Sean Harris, Possum, John Krasinski, A Quiet Place, Anders Danielson Lee, The Night of the World, Rafe Spall, The Ritual, and Dan Stevens, Apostle. And the Horror Cinema Award for Best Actor in a Leading Horror Role goes to Nicolas Cage, Mandy. Interesting. Okay, with yeah, I will say very closely followed by John Krasinski in A Quiet Place. Those were a very that was a very close race. That's that's uh, that that's that is a bit of a surprise to me. I was thinking John Krasinski. Yeah, as, as was I. Way, and so. I was going to say, and 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 probably, um, would you argue two very different type of performances for them to be so close together? So, oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, we said this during our review of Mandy, which is one reason I'm really thrilled about this win. I oh, think yeah. this is a film that meets Nicolas Cage at Pete Cage, and right, it, usually he really stands out like a sore thumb, but in Mandy. It just is part of the scenery. It oh, just fits right. right in perfectly. Sure. Fits perfect. Absolutely. I love that. All right. Well, the next category we have is uh, Best Actress in a Supporting Horror Role. And the nominees are Helena Barreen, The Devil's Doorway, Anne Dowd, Hereditary, Maya Goth, Suspiria, Taylor Hickson, Incident in a Ghostland, Andy Matichak, Halloween. Millie Shapiro, Hereditary, Millicent Simmons, A Quiet Place, Kristen Stewart, Lizzie, Tilda Swinton, Suspiria, and Zazie Beats, Slice. And the Horror Cinema Award for Best Actress in a Supporting Horror Role, Tilda Swinton, Suspiria. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, she essentially plays three roles in that film, so it's right. uh, it's it's hard not to give it to her just for that reason. But I think, yeah, she's incredible in, in her primary performance. Absolutely, there. got uh, Tilda Swinton actually got forty uh, percent of the votes. The next closest was uh, Millicent Simmons from A Quiet Place, which is a, an interesting choice, and I think uh, uh, not a bad choice either. I thought no, she, she was, was she was fantastic, tremendous, absolutely tremendous in that film. All right. Well, to a race that wasn't as close, we're going to go to Best Actor in a Supporting Horror Role. And the nominees are Corey Feldman, Corbin Nash, 
Alex Lother in Ghost Stories, Joseph Lee, Searching, Joshua Leonard, Unsane, Dylan McDermott, The Clove Hitch Killer, Will Patton, Boarding School, Linus Roche, Mandy, Rich Summer, Summer of 84, Alex Wolf, Hereditary, Michael Sheen, Apostle, and the award for Best Actor in a Supporting Horror Role goes to Alex Wolf, Hereditary. And he had it's it by such almost, a good performance. It is yeah, fantastic. Awesome. It is fantastic. And, and it's interesting because I remember uh, after seeing the movie, I came across uh, quite a few articles, reviews and such. And there was a bit of a I don't know. It, it wasn't that they were negative about his performance, but they weren't particularly glowing. Let's put it that way. And I and I just I was very surprised by that because I thought I think he was it's because phenomenal. he was like a child actor or something. Oh, he was. I, I didn't of even know some that. note. But oh, okay. for me, he, this is the first thing I'd seen. Sure, him me in. too. Yes, me I too. completely bought into this character. Oh, he, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Just it was fantastic. It looks like um, Dylan McDermott for the Clove Hitch Killer was pretty close, though, on this one as well. It was he got he also garnered a big percentage. Of this and that role. was a tremendous performance as well. Uh, Dylan McDermott, probably one of the best uh, of his career, I think. It wasn't a full uh, it wasn't close enough to be a tie. But yeah, he was definitely the next closest. Yeah. Our next category is best original horror screenplay. And the nominees are Peter Aperlo and Clay Staub, Devil's Gate. Scott Beck, John Krasinski, and Brian Woods, A Quiet Place, Justin Benson, and Aaron Moorhead, The Endless, Gareth Evans, Apostle, Mike Flanagan, and Jeff Howard, Before I Awake, David Frayne, The Cured, Pascal Laugier, Incident in a Ghostland, Juliana Rojas, and Marco Dutka, Good Manners, Brian Taylor, Mom and Dad, and Boaz Yakin, Boarding School. And the winner for Best Horror Screenplay, <laughs> Scott Beck, John Krasinski, and Brian Woods, A Quiet Place. I think that's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. A very definitive win here with 65.7% of the vote. Wow. Uh, a lot of love for Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, and The Endless is probably the biggest runner-up. But yeah, this was pretty definitive here nice. for quiet place excellent all right well that brings us to best adapted horror screenplay and the nominees here are and you're gonna have to hopefully forgive me if i butcher any of these names oscar thor axelson and otto Gearborg, based on the novel by irsa Sigaraditer. i remember you joe barton based on the novel by adam neville the ritual Jeremy Dyson and Andy Nyman, based on their stage play, Ghost Stories. Alex Garland, based on the novel by James or Jeff Vandermeer, Annihilation. Philip Gillot, based on the short story by Laird Barron, They Remain. David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, based on characters and story by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, Halloween. Eric Heiserer. Based on the novel by Josh Mallerman, Bird Box. David Kajanik, based on the characters and story by Dario Argento and Daria Nicolodi, Suspiria. Alan McDonald and Ryan Henry, based on the short film by Ryan McHenry and in the Apocalypse. Yolanda Romke, 
based on her short screenplay, Cargo. And the winner for Best Adapted Horror Screenplay is Alex Garland, based on the novel by Jeff Vandermeer, Annihilation. Nice. Yeah, this was a close one. This is another one that was very close. There were a, there were a number of movies that uh, got some love here. Um, but Annihilation uh, got 23% of the vote and was enough to actually put it over the top here. And, and, and this is... Uh, it's just a, one of those movies that that you look forward to seeing again and again, just to sort of explore it and 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 the the world that it creates. It's uh, it's really something. Yeah, a really good turnout here for the ritual in second place. It looks like ghost stories, uh, yeah. Halloween, and Bird Box. But man, yeah, it, it, one of our most divisive categories. It looks like. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's like all over, and it looks like everything got. A vote. Everything got something here, but still, this won by at least ten percentage points. So it wasn't. A, oh, yeah. It wasn't a narrow. No, victory. no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't a narrow victory. I mean, twenty three percent was enough to. Yeah. It, it. The next closest looks like was fourteen or sixteen. So I can't see them all. It was sort of blocked here. But yeah, you're right. It was like by ten, at least ten percent, and uh, and well deserved. All right. So let's move on to best cinematography in a horror film, and the nominees are. Stefan Ducio, Upgrade, Matt Flannery, Apostle, Rob Hardy, Annihilation, Robrecht Hyvert, Revenge, Benjamin Loeb, Mandy, Sayambo McDeeprom, Suspiria, Powell Porgozelski, Hereditary, Andrew Schulkind, The Ritual, Michael Simmons, Halloween, Jeffrey Simpson, Cargo. And the award best cinematography in a horror film goes to Benjamin Loeb, Mandy. Yeah, that's hard to argue with the visuals of that film. Um, my choice, I believe, was Suspiria on that, but Revenge or Suspiria or Mandy could have taken it for me. It looks like Annihilation was the closest. That was my choice, of- personally. Yeah. 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 You know, the only reason I didn't go with Annihilation, and I always wonder about this, because we had this at the Academy Awards several years ago. When a film is so highly CG, I always wonder exactly what role the cinematographer is playing as opposed to the visual effects artist. And I just, I don't know with with films like those, you know. It's understandable. I mean, I think I went with Apostle. I was just, I loved the visuals in that in that film. Matt, Matt Flannery. Oh, me too. Yeah. You know, so I think that was the one I went with. But uh, no, I think I think Mandy, it's hard to argue. I mean, it's it's amazing. The next category is best art direction and production design in a horror film. The nominees are Jeffrey Beecroft, Heather Loeffler, Sebastian Schroeder, A Quiet Place, Gina Callan, Adrian Kirlia, Gina Diana, Andre Florian Papa, The Ritual. Look, I didn't even notice this until I was entering them. Same production design team here for The Nun, Gina Callan, Adrian Curlea, Vrachu Edward Daniel, Jennifer Spence, The Nun, Chris Combs, Marcus Laporte, Alex Toder, Bloodfest, Mark Dillon, Nick Morgan, Michael Perry, Hellfest, Carwin Evans, Tom Pierce, Sue Jackson Potter, Dave Tremlett, Sienwin Wilkinson, Apostle, Victoria Foraker, Emma Rose Mead, Cam, 
Brian Lives, Richard T. Olson, Grace Yun, Hereditary, Merlin Ortner, Monica Salustio, Inbal Weinberg, Suspiria, Hubbard Poulier, Isil Wilcox, Mandy. And the winner for Best Art Direction, Production, Design, and Horror Film goes to Hubert Poulet and Ilsa Wilcox, Mandy. And I was thinking that I would have been surprised if that didn't win, to be honest with you. Yeah, this is a very fractured category as well. I, I think this is another where almost every film, every film got votes. So wow. Nice. All right, which brings us to Best Costume Design in a Horror Film. And the nominees are Amala Boxic, The First Purge, Elizabeth Bourneau, Revenge, Alice Isertier, Mandy, Christina Flannery, Cam, Emily Gunshore, Halloween, Stephen Noble, The Little Stranger, Sarah Jane French O'Carroll, The Lodgers, Julia Piersanti, Suspiria, Jane Spicer, Apostle, Marlene Stewart, The House with a Clock in Its Walls. And the award for Best Costume Design in a Horror Film goes to Julia Piersanti, Suspiria. Yeah, those were fantastic costumes yeah, in that movie. Absolutely. Really. And, that, and a wide margin, for over 40%. Over 40% of the vote. Wow. And, uh I think the next closest was 14. So, yeah. Well, what was it? Just out of curiosity, what was the next closest movie? Uh, let me see if I can figure out the color code. I think I got this one. <laughs> it looks like Emily Gunshore in Halloween. Okay. Interesting. What it was the uh, was the closest runner up. It was pretty evenly split split between four other films after that, but 41%s a big margin for her. Yeah, that's that's pretty substantial. Absolutely. That's a bit that's uh that's great. All right, so one of my personal favorites, we got Best Practical Effects in a Horror Film category. And for these, I'm just reading the titles of the movies. We've got Hereditary, Mandy, May the Devil Take You, Mon 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 Monsters, Possum, The Predator, Puppet Master, The Little Reich, Suspiria, Terrified, and Victor Crowley. And the award for best practical effects in a horror film goes to Terrified. Awesome. Nice. That, yes. that was my choice, yeah. And having just watched it last night, I say good. <laughs> that, that is excellent. <laughs> excellent choice. The littlest, the littlest. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it said Little Reich on the ballot. I, I, as I was reading, I was thinking, that doesn't seem right, but we'll go with it. The Little Reich. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. No, uh, terrified. Uh, at that, it was. Oh, phenomenal! Incredible. I yeah, mean, all, it was great. Yeah. Looks like Hereditary and Puppet Master were the other two films that got kind of close. Yeah, I, I would say I could see Hereditary definitely being a, a close one there. You know, and honestly, yeah. with Terrified, without going into anything to give away spoilers, it's just there's a subtlety to some of the effects, uh, especially as it pertains to, let's just say what one may look like uh after death <laughs> and right, and right, uh right. I, it's very effective like it, it looked it just it was very 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 well done so i'm very happy to see that win 
It's a good one. I do want to say um, for that last category, as well as some of these upcoming categories, they are categories that have a lot of people working on those those particular jobs. And so rather than have 15 names to go through, um, we will have those on the website at hormoviepodcast.com. But for some of these that have more than, let's say, three or four people on each award, uh, on each film, those will be listed on the site and we'll just read, be reading the name of the film. Having said that best visual effects in a horror film, this is CGI and the nominees are the quiet place, annihilation before I wake the Cloverfield paradox, the endless, the Meg overlord predator, the ritual and searching. And the award for best visual effects in a horror film goes to Annihilation, with again a pretty commanding yeah, percentage yeah. of the vote there. I can I can see that absolutely. I think that's what I voted for. Yes, as did I. Yep. Well deserved. Excellent choice. All right, both of my co-hosts uh, got a little break from the names. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> uh, for the next category, best editing in a horror film. Can I interject uh, just, real quick, Dave? Important to note. Sure. We're, we're not doing this during a commercial break. Continue. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Yes. No, we're doing, this, yes. we're doing this live during the show. Good, good. Um, as I mispronounce these names, you might want to turn on the TV and watch a commercial. <laughs> but here we go. Let's Let's give it a try. Um, and the nominees, Best Editing in a Horror Film, Andy Canny, Upgrade, Lionel Kornstein, Terrified, Arlfin Kwunk, Satan's Slaves, Daniel Garber, Cam, Guillaume Girard, Yvonne Thibodeau, Devil's Gate, Lucian Johnston, Jennifer Larn, Hereditary, Nicholas D. Johnson, Will Merrick, Searching, Nisa Lee, Mon Mon Monsters, Christopher Tellefson, A Quiet Place, Mark Towns, The Ritual. And the Horror Cinema Award for Best Editing in a Horror Film goes to Christopher Tellefson, A Quiet Place. Yeah, that's an interesting award because I think... We've already talked about the importance of editing a lot on this show, but I think particularly right. in horror, a film that has a lot of tension and suspense, that's all editing for the most it part. Is. Absolutely, that is. And you know what? There was This was a, a very strong group of nominees and a very diverse group of nominees It really here. is. And I think that you can make a case that, yes, the editing in a lot of these films is uh, was very important. But, yeah, A Quiet Place... Uh, such such especially later on when you're when you're when you're dealing uh, you know with what's going on with the family and the way it's put together just amazing we got a lot of love for upgrade which is more action oriented and so again mm-hmm. yeah the editing plays a big role hereditary which is also filled with dread and uh, and tension yep um, and then also searching was probably the number two film. And although this is very different than all the other films listed, I do think it's a very interesting example of both visual effects and editing because it's a film that takes place entirely on screens. And those screens are, for the most part, completely created by the filmmaker in post. And so when directing the actors on set, he would say, 
Okay, now the cursor is going left to right. Now follow it across the screen and click. And then he had to have all of that in his head. So not only is that great directing, but then to go back in and post and create all of that CGI effect and the tension through the editing, very interesting process. And I think I'm excited to see that it got number like the second spot here, I guess. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I feel like either either of those movies are deserving of best a lot of the movies on this list are but i think those two being right. at the top is, is definitely and, and again a quiet place it, it did win by close to 10 percentage points so it's a, a definitive win okay right all right well we now move on to best sound design in a horror film and uh we have a quiet place annihilation cam mandy the nun overlord the Predator, The Ritual, Suspiria, and Upgrade. And the winner, best sound design in a horror film, surprising no one, is A Quiet Place. <laughs> right. it's, it's interesting, so, so many scenes without sound, oh, which, yeah. which makes the ones with yes. sounds stand out that much more. Yes, and just the level of intricacy required to, to your point, mm-hmm. Dave, about the, the scenes without talking, let's just say, every scene, of course, has sound in it, but it's just those those little ambient sounds and the yes. the sounds around them and just having to to really play with that. I, I think, yeah, it, it this is definitely, this to me is a bit of a no-brainer. I mean, this movie right. earns that. Well, and again, it is the only nomination for a horror film at the Academy Awards this year, so I would yeah. be surprised if it didn't do as well as it did here which it looks like it did pretty well right it was it was a major yes i just had Mm -hmm. it up and i made it go away there it is it's uh yeah it was by a lot i think 52 almost 53 percent and the next highest uh would appear to be overlord with uh just under 12 percent so it's a pretty substantial 40 point swing okay well, staying in the realm of sound, let's move to best original score in a horror film. And the nominees are Nathan Barr, The House with a Clock in Its Walls, Jeff Barrow, and Ben Salisbury for Annihilation, Jean-Philippe Bernier and Jean-Nicolas Lupi, Summer of 84, that's also known as the band Lamatos. John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel A. Davies, Halloween. Nathan Matthew David and Ludwig Gorson Slice. Ben Lovett, The Ritual. Johan Johansson, Mandy. Arya Prayogi and Fajar Yuskamel, Apostle. Colin Stetson, Hereditary. Fernando Valesquez, Marabone. And Tom York, Suspiria. And winner for best original score in a horror film is John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, Daniel A. Davies, Halloween. My vote. That was my vote. I am not going to see John Carpenter's name on something and not vote for it. There's going to be an inherent bias. (laughs) Let's just admit it right now. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And again, I think this was a very strong category. I mean, there were some extremely good scores this oh, year absolutely yeah and from a lot of masters as well like we're talking about johan johansson and tom york from radiohead mm-hmm. among 
some classically trained composers who turned an incredible work this year. But yeah, it's hard in a horror cinema award to not vote for John Carpenter, who decisively won at 48.6% of the vote. The next closest would have been Tom York with Suspiria at 17% or Johan Johansson with Mandy at 14%. So majorly crushed the competition with 48.6% and Halloween. And it's, I think that makes that particular score really great is that obviously it's, there's a lot of familiar themes in it, but it's still, he did something different with it. You know, even the Halloween, the, the theme it has, he just, he did enough to it to make it, different but not so different that it felt like well no that's just not right you know it, it, it was really effective and it gave us enough of i think what i as a halloween fan was looking for in the music being so familiar and, and having a bit of a throwback quality to it but there's enough other stuff throughout that whole score having listened to it several times now it's just really a great score and it's just i'm yeah. always happy with john carpenter scores so uh i admit my bias and if you up like that kind of 80s throwback digital sounding music i and you haven't heard it two lesser seen films i would highly recommend checking out the scores for both summer of 84 and slice those have some really cool yes. kind of electro scores yes awesome all right that brings us to uh best horror soundtrack and the nominees are anna and the apocalypse all the creatures were stirring mandy the Night Eats the World, Suspiria, and What Keeps You Alive. And the Horror Cinema Award for Best Horror Soundtrack goes to And in the Apocalypse. It's hard to not have Best Horror Soundtrack when you're the only horror musical in the given <laughs> year. Right, right, right. But you know what? I liked these nominees. This was a pretty diverse, and we're seeing some new titles here. All the Creatures Were Stirring, What Keeps You Alive. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. What Keeps You Alive, the original song in that movie was so effective. There's yes. a scene early on where one of the characters is playing the acoustic guitar and singing to her wife and man that is so effective particularly within the context of where the movie goes exactly that's and that's i think the the, the strength of that but not, no i love to see that one nominated and uh and got some and you got got some well let's put it this way all the creatures were staring looks like it got a little bit of love there too uh but yeah. in the apocalypse was the runaway it was like 40 over 41 percent of the of the votes and also Mandy, we should say, has a pretty hilarious and, and actually good original song um, from one of the characters uh, in that movie that I thought was pretty funny as well. Yeah, right. great, great category. Of course, Tom York, uh, hard to beat Tom York in any category, but right. this is, is a fun musical. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see it yet, but I haven't yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Joel, I don't know what your stance on musicals is, but if you can stomach them, I, and you like I am zombies. not a musical guy, but I do love Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> okay, so that's yeah. my level of musicals. It sounds like this would be up my alley then. Yeah, if you okay. like Zomcoms, if you if you enjoy like uh, the Zombie Land and the Shaun of the Dead, this is okay. All right, maybe okay. maybe yes. not quite at that level, but but I think certainly like one of the next steps. Okay. underneath that's fair. You have sold me on that. Okay. Speaking of something that I won't have to sell anybody on, the next category, which is the best horror television series. I'm excited about this one. So we've got American Horror Story Season 8, 
Ash vs. Evil Dead, Season 3, Castle Rock, Season 1, Channel Zero, Season 3, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Season 1, Dead Wax, Season 1, The Haunting of Hill House, Season 1, The Purge, Season 1, Santa Clarita Diet, Season 2, The Terror, Season 1, The Walking Dead, We've got seasons eight slash nine, because, you know, that's how they do The Walking Dead. And the award for best horror television series goes to, if I'm reading this right, The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, I bet that was a close one. Um, (laughs) No. No, not even a little bit. (laughs) No, but The Trillion Adventures of Sabrina and uh, The Terror both got a lot of love, but not anywhere close to The Haunting of Hill House. I gotta be honest with you, I'm surprised Ash versus Evil Dead wasn't higher. Yeah, but did you vote for it? No, I voted for the Haunting Hill House. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I felt. You know, I I love Ash versus Evil Dead. I love Trillian Adventures of Sabrina. And you know, and I I have not caught up on The Walking Dead, but I'm sticking it out. So I'm 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 uh, all caught up on Walking Dead, and as much as I do love that show, I'm yeah, I definitely House of Haunting of Hill House is superior in in many, many ways. So well, we, you know, we should say we definitely had the conversation. Do we let TV shows into all the categories just because of Haunting of Hill House this year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's a difficult decision. We decided to stick with horror cinema awards. But sure. Yeah, it was definitely one of the best pieces of cinematic oh, it was. arts and entertainment Tremendous. of 2018. If you have not seen hmm. it yet, <clears throat> Dave, you owe it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. I have not. Uh, I've, I'm so far, I'm very far behind on horror television. Yeah, I have to. Admit. That's okay. I'm way, that's okay. way behind. And I think horror fans can actually recommend all of these shows. Um, they're all I, good. I, I have had. The, I have had the haunting of, of Hill House recommended to me by so many people, and I'm talking dozens and dozens of people in all walks of my life who have never talked horror with me. <laughs> <laughs> have recommended this show to me saying how absolutely amazing it Take is. Take the hint, Dave. Come I, on, man. I, I'm going to have to, you know, I, I think, I think there's the horror cinema award is what finally pushed it over the top for yeah. me. Santa Clarita diet. I was not a huge fan of the first season, but I have heard that the second season, I bowed out early of the first season, I should say, but I heard it got better. And I heard that the second season was like a major breakthrough for the show. Oh, so well, that's I, good to know. I actually really liked the first season and just haven't had a chance to watch the second season. So I'm actually glad oh. to hear that. Yeah. And I've only heard from you on Castle Rock, Joel. But I am um, mixed on Castle Rock. That's a whole other discussion. Okay. <laughs> but eventually, Dave, so Dave doesn't watch a lot of horror TV, but eventually when we do our Evil Dead franchise review, we are going to force Dave to at least watch one episode of Ash vs. Evil oh, Dead. Oh, I know. I'm, I'll probably, I want to watch as many of them as I can. I know the one to make him watch, too. It involves a morgue and a cadaver, and that's all I'm saying. Um, right. Yeah, I know the one you got to watch. <laughs> All right. No, I'm going to try and catch up on all of them uh, for that. Definitely. Next to the awards, we move on to a very exciting category for me each year. It's the breakout horror performance, celebrating the people who kind of maybe came out of nowhere. We didn't necessarily expect to see, but they blew our minds anyway. Okay. And so our nominees this year are Madeline Brewer, Cam, Sandra Esconcina, Veronica, Ella Hunt, Anna and the Apocalypse, Noah Jupe, A Quiet Place, Matilda Lutz, Revenge, Jabril Nantambu, Halloween, Charlie Plummer, 
The Clove Hitch Killer, Luke Prale, Boarding School, Millicent Simmons, A Quiet Place, and Jovian Wade, The First Purge. And the winner of Breakout Horror Performances, Millicent Simmons, A Quiet Place. Yeah, you can't Excellent. argue with that. Excellent. That's a great choice. Although, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Jabrail, isn't he like a little kid in Halloween? Yes. Uh, he was fantastic. I loved him yeah. so much. I, I think oh, everybody yeah. loved him. I but agree. Uh, uh, was... There's, there's a, a, lot of, a lot of strong, I mean, there's, there's sure. Matilda Lutz in Revenge. I mean, there's some great nominees here. Um, yeah. But Millicent Millic- Simmons yeah. nearly won Best Supporting Actress. And, she, right. I th- and I think Matilda Lutz could have been on that list, but didn't quite make it this year. But yeah, some really impressive stuff here. Millicent was uh, definitely... Yeah worthy of this award with her performance. It was fantastic. And I was a latecomer to cam and, um, you know, I, I heard Dave and Jay discuss it on the show and it hadn't looked like my cup of tea, but they kind of talked me into to seeing it. Cause I'd heard so many rave reviews about it and they, uh, I don't know, they saw it differently. And so I wanted to kind of see it for myself. And Madeline Brewer was really shocking good in that movie and it's absolutely it's ultimately a thriller but to take that world and bring it into a mainstream film and sell it so well i think it was well executed on every front but particularly madeline brewer absolutely all right next up i got the the draw of the night with (laughs) best horror ensemble so sit back as i introduce you to 732 of my closest (laughs) friends Uh, <laughs> all right so the uh for best horror ensemble the nominees are a quiet place john krasinski emily blunt noah jupe millicent simmons Cade woodward annihilation natalie portman jennifer jason lee tuva novotny gina rodriguez tessa thompson the clove hitch killer dylan mcdermott charlie Plummer, madison Beatty, samantha mathis the first purge elon noel Jovian Wade, Rotimi Paul, Mugga, Lex Scott Davis, Marissa Tomei, Patch Dara, Mo McRae, Jemel Howard, Luna Lauren Velez, Kristen Solis, Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis, James Jude Courtney, Andy Matichak, Judy Greer, Toby Huss, Will Patton, Halleck Billinger, Jibrail Nantumbo, Drew Scheid, Miles Robbins, Dylan Arnold, Regina Gardner, Nick Castle. Oh boy. Mon 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 Monsters, Yu Kai Dang, Kent Sai, James Lai, Tao Meng, P. Sin Lin, Eugenie Liu, Bonnie Liang, and not so bad. Overlord, Jovan Adepo, Matilda Olivier, Wyatt Russell, John Magaro. Dominic Applewhite, Pilu Asbach, The Ritual, Rafe Spall, Archer Alley, or Archer, yeah, Archer Alley, Robert James Collier, Sam Troughton, Summer of 84, Graham Vershear, Judah Lewis, Caleb Emery, Corey Gruder Andrew, Tierra Scovby, Rich Summer, and Terrified. Maxi Jlone, Norberto Gonzalo, Elvira Onetta, George L. Lewis, Damian Salomon, Augustin Ritano, 
Julieta Valina. And the Horror Cinema Award goes to Summer of 84 um, with the list of 32 people I, I mentioned. Um, <laughs> A great i that's a great that's a great award yes. i think that and and especially when you get in when you get into ensemble i think uh that's uh that's well deserved it was close i mean there were others that were you know close to it a quiet place was right up there extremely close to a quiet place we should say yeah, yeah very very close to a quiet place but summer of 84 is uh the winner best horror ensemble and rightly so i think now, Dave, I just as you got to the last movie, I realized, oh, I remember what we did last year. He only read the names of the winner movie, and we didn't read all of the names of all the. Uh, right. <laughs> now there's a little something I could have for uh, next used year. About for next year, fifteen minutes ago, yeah, perfect. Uh, oh, that's great. All right, well, it's it's out there, so so everybody everybody got everybody got mentioned. Tonight. That or Josh went back and edited you <laughs> saying yeah, right. all this <laughs> right, yeah. yeah maybe all right so ready to go to best foreign language horror film i'll read the title the country of origin and the language so we have the third eye it's indonesia and it's an indonesian cold hell is an austria germany production it's in german good manners is brazil france and germany and it's in portuguese I Remember You is Iceland, and it's in Icelandic. May the Devil Take You is from Indonesia, and is in Indonesian. Mon 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 Monsters is Taiwan, and it's in Mandarin Chinese and Standard Mandarin. The Night Eats the World is from France, and it's in English, French, and Norwegian. Ravenous is from Canada, and it's in French. Revenge is from France and Belgium, and it's in French and English. Satan's Slaves is from Indonesia and South Korea, and it's in Indonesian. Terrified is from Ar- Argentina, and it's in Spanish. And Veronica is from Spain, and it's in Spanish. And the award for Best Foreign Language Horror Film goes to Terrified. I'm just bummed out to not hear you try to read that Mandarin. I know. I should have tried. Josh was nice enough to provide us, uh, listeners, with the original title from, <laughs> the, from actual the actual country. characters, the actual Chinese yes. characters. And 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 Joel just would not risk it. I'm Didn't sitting here. Try. I'm sitting here. I'm a diva. Let's just say it. I'm a diva. Hi. I'm sitting here reading the, the name of every <laughs> actor in a horror film in 2018. <laughs> And Joe can't even attempt. I can't even attempt. Can't even attempt to read because no matter what I do, Dave, that would have come across as offensive. So therefore, I am happy to not even try. All right. No, but terrified. Excellent. Excellent choice. Yes, it is. Oh yeah. I think we're all in agreement. Absolutely. I would have been upset if that one didn't win. But look at this. I mean, you had um, a couple from uh, South America and three from Indonesia. Three from Indonesia this year. That's uh, that's amazing. Yeah, and we should also say extremely, extremely close race again here with Revenge. Uh, yeah, almost a tie there between those wow. two. Which, again, I think Revenge is in another year. In 2015, Revenge would have been the top of every one of my lists. I think so, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like the competition is so stiff right now. It's crazy. Which brings me now to Best First Feature which is another category I always get excited about. I, I love the first-time directors. The nominees are Ari Aster 
Hereditary, Fritz Baum, Wildling, Ashling Clark, The Devil's Doorway, Anish Chiganti, Searching, Preston DeFrancis, Ruin Me, Jeremy Dyson and Andy Nyman, Ghost Stories, Corley Farget, Revenge, Daniel Goldhaber, Cam, Matthew Holness, Possum, Ben Howling and Yolanda Ramke, Cargo, Clay Staub, Devil's Gate, Austin Vesley, Slice, and Jen Wexler, The Ranger. And the winner, the best first feature is in a landslide, Ari Aster, Hereditary. Of course. Of course. When I saw that movie and found out that it was his first film, I'm like, are you good luck following that up, buddy? Wow. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I mean, there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's hard to argue with that. But again, I think we have so many accomplished first time films this year with Revenge and Searching and really all of these on on our list uh, to, to some degree. Are, are you know there were a couple this was one of those categories where i thought yeah we could cap it at 10 but there are, why not add a couple more and oh, honor yeah. all of the incredible achievements by oh, first yeah. time and you were absolutely so. right you you look at all of these and, and you're amazed that these are first time uh filmmakers yeah because at least half of them are of the quality to be the best film of the year right <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah. pretty impressive all right, that brings up the uh, category of best director of a horror film. And the nominees are uh, Joko Anwar, Satan's Slaves, Ari Aster, Hereditary, Anise Shigante, Searching, Panos Cosmatos, Mandy, Gareth Evans, Apostle, Alex Garland, Annihilation, David Gordon Green, Halloween. Luca Guadagnino, Suspiria. John Krasinski, A Quiet Place. Damien Rugna, Terrified. Lars von Trier, The House the Jack Built. And the winner of Best Director of a Horror Film is John Krasinski, A Quiet Place. Uh, not surprising, although it was very close with Ari Aster in Hereditary. Uh, but John Swinski in the Quiet Place got forty percent of the uh, of the overall vote. Yeah, I could see that. Yes, absolutely. And especially, I feel a lot better about it with Ari Aster having gotten the best first time filmmaker. I think that right. that feels really good to have both of those represented. Absolutely, They're both both coming away. Absolutely. But back to your guys' point, if you look at this whole list, I mean, <laughs> all of these movies are are so capably done uh, that yeah. it, it, it's. It's tough. It's, it's really, really a hard is, decision yeah. to even make. Because right. even right. a movie like Searching, but going back to that, because I just saw that recently, finally. And, you know, even though it is all that it's screen life, just the level of to your the point you made earlier, Josh, about him having to keep all that straight of, of what would go where, because the effect of the emotional beats are sometimes contingent just on seeing the, the little ellipse from a text message, you know, show up and then go right. just to know to do that. And to, just the, the timing and the, just everything It's incredible. So, uh, I mean, and you know, yeah. you can't take it away from Krasinski. I mean, I, I, I love quiet place and, and I'm super happy that he got it. So that's great. Yeah. And it's definitely more mainstream accessible than hereditary. Although I think to your point earlier, Joel, I think hereditary is maybe the film that feels, um, 
like more like an academy type of film. Yes. To me, like a quiet place is one like get out where people will come to horror because of a quiet place. People yes. who never thought they would right. watch a horror movie are it's a, it's a, it's a gateway drug. It's a great exactly. gateway drug. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Agree with that a hundred percent. All right. You guys ready? You ready for the, the final category? The, the, one. All right, here we go. We have got the best horror film of 2018. And the nominees are a quiet place, annihilation, bird box, the endless Halloween, Hereditary, Mandy, The Ritual, Suspiria, and Terrified. And the award best horror film 2018 goes to A Quiet Place. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, I was actually yeah. was expecting Hereditary. Me too. To be honest and that with was, you. and if I'm being honest, that was my yeah. vote. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah but again just like with the last award i can't you can't really fall the quiet no, place no you cannot I, and, yeah. and that's the thing is I, I loved a quiet place and it's i actually said this uh, to my wife uh when we were working through all this stuff josh i said i voted for hereditary for best horror film even though it's probably not my favorite in the sense that i had the most fun with halloween and and with a quiet place, I had more fun. Uh, hereditary, I don't know if I'd use the word fun. But but if I'm but I'm talking about the what I would say the best for me, I was like I can't. I mean I that movie stuck with me for days, days afterwards, and I can't remember yeah. the last time I was affected by a horror movie like that. So I had to give it to it. But I at the same time I'm happy to see a quiet place because I feel like a quiet place is one I could see myself revisiting time and time again. Uh, hereditary i'm not saying i'll never see it again but right. you know it definitely is gonna take some effort uh you're, to you're go not gonna there. say oh here's a good rainy day movie yeah yeah pop some popcorn and <laughs> right well i you know for me a quiet place was another film from this year that really did stick with me as much as hereditary and in, in, in actually in a much more pleasing way yes <laughs> so, right yes, yes. yes. it was it was still emotionally brutal but not not as deeply scarring. Yes, that's say. probably the best right. way to put it. That's probably the best way to put no, it. It was a more of a fun film, but I, even though it was harrowing, I could stand watching it again. Exactly. Did anyone else vote for Terrified other than me? Because I had to go with it. It was my number one of the year. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me see. I can find out exactly what the percentage was on Terrified. So but it, it looks not like just one. <laughs> yeah, so just looking at these uh, divisions here, it looks like so Krasinski won Best Director 40% to 34.3% over Ari Aster. Okay. And then A Quiet Place won Best Picture 38 point. No, sorry. It was 38.2 for Quiet Place, 35.3 for um, Hereditary. And it I looks okay. like the next highest, which is way down there, is Halloween at 5.9%. Oh wow! Although yeah. and ter- although according to mine, terrified is is a pretty close to what Halloween is, and it looks like it's the next highest. So it's, it's I'm gonna the- give the uh, exact percentage on terrified. It, it got five point nine percent of the vote. Okay, which is Halloween, okay. so it matched Halloween. Okay, yeah, very cool. And that would also be the same as Annihilation as well. Got five point nine. Okay. One of the surprises for me was that Halloween did not win more awards. Yeah, I mean, I think it is one of those things, just like when we talked about Ash versus Evil Dead, you think, well, yeah, I loved Halloween, but how am I not going to vote for exactly this thing? That was what I almost I almost because I I actually probably saw Halloween the most in the theater 
of all these. And I can, I, you know, when I get to go to the theater, it's it's a it gets better and better with each passing year. You know, as my kids stop being quite as young, I can start to go get away and go to more and more movies. Um, Halloween, I ended up seeing three times in the theater. So. I I loved wow. it. I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. It probably is like on a personal level is my favorite of the year. But I going back to you know if we're talking about the best of I you know it's hard for me to say mm-hmm. you know that Halloween is is a better horror film than Hereditary. You know it really would have right, been hard right. for me to say that. So right. Well, cool. Yeah, I saw Halloween, Searching, and A Quiet Place twice each in the theater. Okay. So. And hereditary twice, I guess, if you count Sundance. Yeah. So. Yeah. And in that movie, you should count every time you see it because each time you, <laughs> you're traumatized. <laughs> really cool. All right. Well, I think this was a good year for the Horror Cinema Awards. I hope everyone enjoyed themselves. And what, guys? Well, I just I want to make sure that, you know, I know you said at the beginning, but definitely thank you again to all the wonderful, wonderful jurors who. Uh, took part, filled out ballots, got them back to us super quick, and uh, we yeah. really appreciate it. That was that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. So while we try to take the Horror Cinema Awards pretty seriously, we here at Horror Movie Podcast also like to switch things up a little bit and do some kind of alternative awards. So these are not officially part of the Horror Cinema Awards, but these are the Horror Movie Podcast Dead Serious Awards. And I'm going to read those to you before we wrap things up tonight. Unfortunately, due to scheduling, I am doing this segment alone. It would be a lot more fun, I think, with the other guys, but that's how it worked out this year. So we have done this now for two years, and we have some established awards that kind of play on things that we cover a lot on the show. And getting some feedback from some of our community, I've added a few more of these awards this year and dropped a couple. I should also say that for this series of awards, we've decided to include television series. So without further ado, here they are. The winner of our Horror in the Daylight Award, which is when the unthinkable invades the everyday, is Searching. The Creepshire Award, and thank you to our good friend Greg Amortis from Land of the Creeps for the use of that beautiful term. This is the award for the best movie monster, and the winner is The Ritual. The Deep Cut Award for a lesser-known gem, Boarding School. The Down and Dirty Award for no-budget filmmaking, Mandeo of the Dead. I'm going to be covering that on our next Frankensteinian episode. What a fun little indie film. It might feel like it's going a little rough at first, but man, it gets a hold of you and it's a good time. For our Harbinger of Doom Award, which is a film that reflects the societal issues of the day, we've chosen Revenge. The Real Life Horror Award for a documentary, a docu-series that is truly horrific, we've chosen Wild Wild Country. If you haven't seen that, listen to our Creepy Killer Cults episode and give it a try. This is the You Care, You Scare Award. This has to do with something that Jay's talked a lot about on the show, which is Horror happens to those who deserve it least, but it also has to do with filmmakers who have created lovable characters that we're rooting for to survive. And the clear choice this year for us was The Haunting of Hill House from Mike Flanagan. The Art of Entertainment Award. This is one that was suggested by artist Peter Strain for a Best Horror Movie Poster of 2018. And for us, the clear choice was Ghost Stories. This is a film that had no less than five amazing posters. Each of them better than the majority of posters out there this year. Then, the It's All in Your Head Award. This is for a film that is the most psychologically horrific. And for that, we chose... 
the heaviest film all of us saw this year, Hereditary. Then we have the Laugh Till It Hurts Award for a Best Horror Comedy. And again, we went with the series Ash vs. Evil Dead. Then, of course, we have the Thrill Award for the Best Action Horror Film. And there's nowhere else to go with this one than Lee Wanell's Upgrade. And finally, the Fright Award for the scariest horror film of the year. And we have to say we did consider films like Hereditary and Satan's Slaves, but ultimately there was only one pick for us, and it was Terrified. Which is available on Shudder, and I will say, go to Shudder.com and use the promo code HMP for a free 30-day trial. It helps out a lot. Just a little plug in there. And that is it for the 2018 Horror Movie Podcast Dead Serious Awards. Which, it turns out, are a little less than dead serious. All right, so that brings us to the end of the 2018 Horror Cinema Awards. We hope you have all enjoyed it. And uh, before we sail off and put this one to bed, Dave, can you tell the good people where they can find you online? As always, check me out on DVDinfatuation.com. Um, at DVD Infatuation on Twitter. I also have a Facebook and an Instagram. Other podcasts you can hear me on, the We Deal in Lead Western podcast, Universal Monsters cast, coming back in 2019, and Land of the Creeps with uh, Greg Amortis, uh, Haddonfield Hatchet, Jesse Robbins, uh, Justin Beam, and uh, uh, a myriad of guests. And you can find that at uh, www.landofthecreeps.blogspot.com. And, uh, and Josh, how about you? you can find me on social media at Icarus Arts. Uh, that's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd. So connect with me on there and we'll have some good times. I also wanted to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Jake Parker. He has a crowdfunding campaign for a film that he's just directed called God Country. And I always love it when one of our listeners makes a feature film. In fact, one of our listeners, I believe it was Nick, worked in sound on The Clovehitch Killer. So that's exciting. Very cool. Uh, but Jake Parker, he's directed his feature uh, debut horror film. It is called God Country. You can find Jake on Twitter at Jake Parker Films and the film on Twitter at God Country Film. And I just wanted to give them a shout out. If you go to their Seed and Spark page, you can back what they're doing. Look nice. for more information on Jake on Twitter or at Seed and Spark. You can find it under God Country by Luke Rodriguez, a feature-length horror film. You can watch the trailer and a little video with uh, Jake telling you about the movie. So congratulations to Jake. And we love hearing about all of our listeners' creative endeavors. So hit us up if you've got something interesting going on. That is very cool. I'll have to check that out. We have a bunch of listener feedback to get through, but I didn't feel like it was appropriate for this episode or last episode, which was kind of a weird, you know, Sundance Film Festival episode. So we will be getting to all of the listener feedback from the top 10 lists and all of that stuff on our very next episode, which are we ready to announce what that one is? I, I, th- I think so. I think that would be a, a good thing to do. We, we're going to just make it under the wire to do a Women in Horror Month episode as we did last year. Uh, super excited about that. We should have two special guests of the feminine persuasion who can uh, better speak to some of the issues at play in Women in Horror Month. So. As opposed to having to listen to three chuckleheads that don't know what they're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, I can be found at uh, Retro Movie Geek 
and Universal Monsters cast as well. Really looking forward to that coming back soon. So I can be found in all those places. And remember, we love your comments and hope you'll get involved in the Horror Movie Podcast community. You can leave a comment in the show notes for this episode at horrormoviepodcast.com, where you can also find all 167 of our past episodes. And you can connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at horrormoviecast. One other thing I wanted to say is we get new listeners all the time, and so it's understandable that they're not familiar with our back catalog, of course, especially since there are only so many, like on iTunes, for instance, I think it only goes back like 20 episodes. But this is the beauty of HorrorMoviePodcast.com. Check it out over there. Not only is there a full episode archive along the top bar, which uh, you can go back and hear all 168 now episodes of Horror Movie Podcast, and along the sidebar, you can find all of our themed episodes. So we've had listeners who are newer to the show saying, it would be cool if you guys did a, like an anthologies episode or horror heavy metal horror episode. I'm thinking, buddy, we got you covered. So head over to horrormoviepodcast.com. Look at that sidebar. You'll see we've got a full old school horror anthologies episode, a full modern horror anthologies episode. We've got things like the entire filmography of Stephen King Uh, We cover H.P. Lovecraft, top to bottom, alien abductions, witches and horror cinema, feral vampires, haunted houses. Uh, You can find all of this excellent content right there on the sidebar if you're not familiar with some of our older shows. And it's okay, you know, we have new listeners all the time. There's nothing to be embarrassed about that you don't know our back catalog, but it is all there for the taking over at horrormoviepodcast.com. And this came up because people were recommending films they'd like us to review and then that got kind of into recommendations of episodes they'd like to hear just a reminder we are doing an at your mercy episode very soon which is a listener pick episode if you haven't heard the first three incarnations of that so uh, listeners are going to recommend any films they like and then each of the hosts will pick one film that they would like to watch and review from those listener suggestions so we've already got a huge amount of suggestions via twitter but you can uh, if you're not on social media you can just go to horrormoviepodcast.com in the comments section for this or one of the previous episodes and leave your suggestions of films you'd like to hear us cover if you'd like to support horror movie podcast you can subscribe and leave a review on itunes apple podcasts you can get your listener designed hmp t-shirts at teespring.com slash stores slash horror movie cast And you can become a patron of Movie Podcast Network for only $2.50, which gives you access to our monthly special features episodes at patreon.com slash moviepodcastnetwork. We also want to thank composer Kagan Breitenbach for the use of his music, which opens the show. You can find more of Kagan's work at kaganbreitenbach.com. And that's it for this episode. We hope you'll join us again. Back-to-back episodes, folks. Join us next Monday for our Women in Horror episode. And we thank you for joining us for Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. things i wanted to address for those who are familiar with the show from last year we did have a couple of requests to go gender neutral on our first two categories our first four categories i should say um you know when we talk about best director why we don't talk about best female director or male director we just talk about best director why then do we separate the performers and for me i mean i kind of almost want to go i would say let's do it 
best female director category. For me, it's not saying that they are lesser than by pointing out that they're they're females as opposed to males or that they can't play on the same field. What it, for me, is doing is to allow more nominations. And so that's kind of why maybe the world is changing so quickly with the younger generation seeing things very differently than than my generation, which is only, which is only a little bit older in my mind. (laughs) But um, I think, you know, I just feel like maybe when the world pushes us a little bit further, if it keeps going that direction, maybe we'll see that. I guess the MTV movie awards got rid of best actor and actress and just has best performance. That's fine. I mean, I kind of see that as our big breakout role, although that does tend to honor younger performers. But for me, um, I just want to honor as many people as possible. And so for me, getting rid of best actor actor would, would really hamper the amount of women who were recognized. And the reason is, is because very few good roles are written for women in Hollywood. And so then men, it's just as a fact, get better roles. And so oftentimes have more flashy, interesting performances because women are relegated to the role of, and we'll see that in the nominations this year, and they're done very well, but they are often just the girlfriend or the mom or the wife. And a lot of our best actress nominees this year did play a mom or a wife or a girlfriend. There's nothing wrong with those things. Those are wonderful roles to fill as well as part of your identity. But we just know Hollywood doesn't write well for women. And so for me, that's I just did I just wanted to address that, I guess up front and just say that's why even despite getting a couple requests last year we didn't change that category because i think it's important to recognize as many women as possible and and men as possible i think there are just that many good performances and i kind of like we talked about the academy capping the award you know the nominations at eight we had done that in the past this year i kind of went to 10 on everything and then even went further because we had so many strong nominees, especially for a category like first time director, breakout performance or foreign film. I just thought, let's just honor all of them that were quality. What, like, what's the, you know, they're just giving them that proverbial nod, even if they don't win, I think matters. So that's, that was my thinking. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I would agree with your sentiment. And I, I also agree with the thought that says, in a perfect world, we could have best actor and have you know five or six nominees, and it's a nice blend of genders. But I think, to your point, my my concern would be is year in year out we would get best actor, and there would be an inherent meaning male, <laughs> and there would be a bias. Uh, sort of in, built into it when you have this mix, and especially if you look at our list, you got like you said ten in each category. You're talking about twenty different actors. So yeah, my concern would be that there might even be a, a subconscious bias depending on who's voting. You know what I mean? I, I feel like that could come into play potentially. And I I think that leaving it with this delineation between the two, to your point, it really does open it up to where we're making sure we honor as many people as we possibly can. I think it also comes to intention. <laughs> I don't think the intention is to be exclusionary in any way, shape, or form by doing it this way. So um, I, I agree with uh, your sentiment, and uh, I think that uh, 
you know, for me personally, as somebody listening and viewing, um, I get a lot of out of it being done this way. I could see, though, why somebody has makes the argument that says, hey, can we, you know, make it gender neutral and just honor the craft of acting? I, I totally get that. I think there's a lot of validity in that argument. Yeah, I just think that for the purposes of this and for uh, you know laying out these awards, I think I agree very much with that idea of giving it to as many people as we possibly can. And we might just be old, you and know, there could be the, that too. <laughs> you know, and so we're just used to how yeah, things. That's true too. Right, that's a valid right, argument. We are. I feel like this is the way it's always. This is the way it's been. Yeah, so, I'm not yeah. even trying to make that <laughs> argument. By the way, so we're clear. Now, I'm not right, making that argument now. I, I, I'm not either. Yeah. I'm just kind of saying that may be playing unconsciously into. Sure, and a lot of people make that be, argument, and a lot be. of people that's yeah. how they argue it. Sure, but yes, in a perfect world, uh, yes, I agree with you. I agree with what you're saying. It should just be best performer, and um, but I don't know that. Like, and for the reasons you have all you have stated, I don't think we're quite there yet, and I don't know that it's it's a bad thing. But yes, in a perfect world, I think yeah, best performer that would that would be great. But there there are there are certain problems with that. Oh. Okay, so that's what we have to say about. It. <laughs>